Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, here in the United States and around the world. My name is Tom Ufert. This is Tom's Take, my wonderful and always elaborate and interestingly uh, insightful co-host, Kyler Davenport, is waiting in the wings. I want to send out my deepest thanks and appreciation to the APR Network, Marianne Pound and her wonderful staff who keep this show going every week. Kyler, how are you, sir? Good, 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 Tom. Good tonight. Well, it's been an interesting week, to say the least, for those who may or may not have been watching um, the uh, election or appointment process, as you and I so fondly like to refer to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, you and I know we both have some interesting stories to relate to people about our local activities. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and relay what has happened in the last 48 hours good, good. I've been working on. A very dear friend of mine called me up. I, I had told him a week and a half ago, he is on oxygen, and his, um, med- his, his oxygen supplier has not been paid by Medicare or Medicaid since September of last year. Mm. Um, and even though they have sent the paperwork numerous times by mail and by fax, Medicare keeps telling them, oh, we don't have the right paperwork. They have been in touch with the doctor. They have all of the appropriate uh, medical authorizations. All of that is set and done. Um, and I told my friend, look, you know, I have some ways of doing things. Uh, I am known as a private consumer community affairs advocate. If you have any further problems, give me a call. So today is Wednesday. Monday, he called me and said uh, he had been in touch with his congressman's office, and the contact at the congressman's office uh, told him, well, it's going to take some time. And I said, okay, give me the contact's name at the congressman's office. Give me the contact's name at your medical supplier's office and I'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. He said, fine. So after about two hours of um, phone calls and getting my research and all of my ducks in a row, I spoke with the medical supplier's office, verified that they had the correct information, and it had been sent numerous times by fax and by mail to Social Security, got the exact amount that they are claiming for appropriately Um, medically necessary services for this man to have oxygen, okay? Mm -hmm. And, oh, Kyler, we've got tornado sirens going. Well, check and see if it's uh, real or not. I mean, it could be a warning. It could be a watch. I'll get a new speed here. Ron, Ron, let me know if it's, it's real. Well, it's a warning or a watch. Yeah, if it's a warning, you're in big trouble. If it's a watch, you're not. No, we, we the sirens never go off if it's a watch. It's always a warning. Let me so look anyway, at the feed here. Let me look at the news feed here. Look, check the news feed producer for Dallas, Texas, uh, surrounding areas. Uh, we're looking at live news feed here. Go ahead, Tom. Anyway, so um, I, I got the appropriate information from her at the medical supplier. Then I called the contact at the congressman's office, and this individual happens to be the office manager and one of the constituency aid workers. I spoke with her, and my first question to her was, um, I told her who I was calling on behalf of, that I had his authorization to speak with her, and she said... Sorry, go ahead. I'm trying. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, we are too. We're looking here to see what the exact location of the tornado is. Okay. So anyway, um, I spoke with her, and my first question to her was, 
have you submitted this claim through the Congressional Liaison Department? Mm. And she paused. And she said, well, yes, that's where I started. And I said, okay, I just wanted to make sure that it was going up um, the higher rung of the ladder rather than going through the usual bureaucratic red tape. Mm-hmm. And she paused, and, and basically by saying congressional liaison office, she knew that I knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, having worked on Capitol Hill for a couple of congressmen, um, I know the appropriate procedures, and I'm just calling on behalf of my dear friend to make sure that this is being handled properly mm-hmm. and is being handled um, uh, efficiently and with great uh, urgency because this man relies on this oxygen to survive. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, it'll, you know, th- this could take up to two weeks. And I said, okay, that's all I need to know. I said, just so you know, I will be making a few phone calls to Washington when I get off the phone with you. Mm-hmm. And be prepared that you may get some inquiries from other sources. Mm-hmm. Long pause. And she said, And she said, okay, and that's where our conversation ended. Mm -hmm. So my next phone call was to the Department of Health and Human Services, and I spoke with the special assistant to Deputy Secretary for Consumer Affairs. Mm. And she immediately took my information, and she said, I will be relaying this and flagging this information to the Deputy Secretary. I said, well, I appreciate that. I said, I will be sending an email to his private email. Mm-hmm. And um, in the um, conversation, I told her, I said, I just wanted you to know the reason I'm calling on behalf of my friend is because this is obviously a case of mismanagement. And this man relies on his oxygen to survive. Mm-hmm. And this is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I agree completely. There's obviously a problem that needs to be dealt with. And I said, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we're talking nine months that this um, mm-hmm. qualified and reputable supplier for Medicare services has not been paid by Medicare. And Medicare has told my friend that his claim is under audit status. Mm-hmm. Okay? I said, now, I don't know if you – and I agree on this, but that's code words for basically they're sitting on their butts. We're not doing anything about it, right? Exactly, yes. So she said, I will get this information flagged. Well, make a long story short, and I know that's too late, I got a phone call from my friend just three hours ago. And guess what? what? The caseworker at Social Security called him and said, how did you get this information to your congressman? And he paused, mm-hmm. and he said, well, I got it from my medical supplier. And she said, well, you shouldn't have done that. You don't have the right to do that. And yeah. I said, I said, I told my friend, I said, can you please give me her name and of her phone number? Of course. I'd love it too. <laughs> yeah. Give me her name and phone number. And he said, well, she left me a voicemail message. I'll get that information to you. I said, sure. I will be calling first thing in the morning. I said, now, I told him what I had done. And basically, the email I sent to the Deputy Secretary for Consumer Affairs at Health and Human Services, in the subject matter, it says, so-and-so um, can't breathe, need your help ASAP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I have done similar things for other people uh, because I know what buttons to push, what strings to pull, and mm-hmm. I don't waste my time with bureaucrats. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this lady from Social Security is obviously a bureaucrat. And I told my friend today on the phone, I said, well, think about it. Within 24 hours of me making phone calls to your congressman's office and to the deputy secretary's office, this lady is getting pressure from all sides. Mm -hmm. And she's pissed off that you're rocking the boat Mm -hmm. because she obviously is the one who… Goofing around, doesn't know how to handle things. Exactly. And she basically called to intimidate you. Mm-hmm. And she has no legal right to do that. No, that's illegal. And thank you. Exactly. That was my exact comment to him. I said, not only is that illegal, unethical, but it's illegal for her to call you mm-hmm. and, one, question your legal right to contact your congressman, mm-hmm. but also your legal right to get the information from your supplier. 
mm-hmm. and provide it to the congressman because the congressman's constituency aide is going to ask for that information anyway. Of course. So, so this lady calling you up and saying you had no right to do that is illegal. That's illegal. Very illegal. Thank you. So I will be calling Social Security tomorrow or Medicare tomorrow, and trust me, my first phone call is going to be to this lady's supervisor. Of course. And I will be telling her all the phone calls I've made to the deputy secretary's office and to the congressman's office. And I told my friend before I hung up with him this afternoon, I said, I suspect within the next week your claim will be completely taken care of. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) So, folks, there's an example right there of the system trying to intimidate everyday ordinary citizens that they know better than you what's right for you. And they are breaking the law. They're intimidating citizens because they're not doing their jobs, and they're getting pressure from on high, Mm -hmm. and they're blaming you. Well, that's piss poor, and it's bullshit. And Tyler and I are the type of individuals, we don't put up with that crap. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to educate our listeners. These are the kinds of things that you can do. Now, the information that I got about the undersecretary's office and how to get a hold of him, I got it off the Internet. Of course. It's not like I have this guy's name in my Rolodex, although I do have the White House number in my Rolodex, but that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. Okay? All you have to do is go on the Internet and spend – 20 minutes, and you'll find the information mm-hmm. about who you need to contact. And, and people trust. can call the White House. They just don't realize all they have to do is get an operator on the line and say, give me the White House. You don't even have to call information. Exactly. <laughs> and, the White House, and, 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 and the Obama administration was one of the first that put in an automatic call line for you to call in and give your opinion of what you think about government policy, about how the country's going, etc., and they take that crap seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so folks, don't think for a minute that you are a low man on the totem pole and don't have a voice and can't do something about bureaucrats who are sitting on their butts not doing their jobs. Because I'm an ordinary everyday citizen. Now, granted, I've had some political experience and I've worked in government, but all that means is I know what buttons to push and what strings to pull. But that doesn't mean you can't do it yourselves. But I will say that for some reason it does work better when someone else calls. I don't know why, but yeah. it does work better yeah. when an advocate calls. It it doubles the pressure. It does. That title of consumer advocate uh-huh. uh, or community affairs advocate mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. carries some weight. It sure now, does. Now, folks… I'll be very honest with you, full transparency here. I've not gone to school. I've not been credited or certified with those titles. Those are titles I have given myself because of what I do for people, and there is no reason why you can't do the same. Right. I Yeah. When I, when I call and say this is the Bureau Chief for Alternative Public Radio International, I need to speak to so-and-so there. Mr. So-and-so comes onto the phone. You know, whoever I may be asking for. Uh, so it titles have titles do have a lot to do with these dummies who answer the telephone and getting their attention. Exactly. Of of now, course. Tyler, you've got a story. I know you were telling me about it earlier while we were getting ready for the show about what you and Marion have been doing with your new project. So tell us what's going on. Well, I've had this dream for a long time, a long time, to put together a community action team mobile information unit, and that would consist of going to the different nonprofits in a certain area and gathering up all of their brochures and newsletters and pamphlets and flyers, et cetera, and putting them in a box, real simple kind of deal, along uh-huh. with other boxes, maybe 75 or 80 different boxes with 75 or 80 different organizations and carrying them out to the community in a big RV with a canopy on it, setting those out on tables and putting a banner up that says the Northwest uh, Consumer Action Team, et cetera, et cetera, crit- Critical Action Team, uh, Mobile Information Unit. We are the source for your you know, information, et cetera, and 
talking to the public directly about what we do here in the Northwest and about what all of the other organizations do here in the Northwest and actually putting a physical body out there as the liaison, information liaison, to talk to the consumers directly, and that was voted on by the council yesterday, and it passed. So we got that put into place. Did you get a budget? Uh, no, we didn't get a budget, and uh, they were <laughs> their 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 budget is nil to none to void. Oh. Okay. We are going to put out donation canisters, though, and we're going to use our own money as you do. Yeah. What little we have to get this thing going. We've already got the RV. We can get the trailer donated. We can get the banners donated. I'm great at getting things donated. So we'll get the banners donated. The uh, paper for the printing is donated from the county already. Uh, the business cards we're buying ourselves for $9 for 500 uh, times 2 is $18. And all of the little dicks and knacks that we need, we already have. So it's just going to require warm bodies to go out there and liaison with the public at Walmart. And we're going to the food stamp office, which there's two of them up here, and they stay packed, as you can well imagine. So I'm thinking we're going to be busy bees all spring and summer. Well, and the, the wonderful thing about this, Kyler, and correct me if I'm wrong, but all you're doing is basically gathering up all of these, all this resource material and putting it in one source and taking it out to the community so they don't have to go hunting for it and scavenging for it on their own. In 100 different places or 200 different places. Exactly. Yes. It's all yes. provided in one place, and they can go through, and you can help guide them as to where and, pin, and, and sort of um, direct them in the right direction. They we are fairly expert at that. Yes, we're yeah. fairly expert at that. Yeah. Why don't you explain to people how you get things donated? I, I know all too well how to do that myself. But well, when, you get, when you get the banners donated and you get advertising donated and all this stuff, you, how do you do that? Because people tend to be intimidated. You know, they say, oh, I don't like to do that. It's, you know, and it's very easy. And explain, well, to them, explain to them how these businesses – are encouraged to do that well the first thing is you have to keep your research as to who's out there with what product or service you need and then you have to search for that particular flavor of individual that you think might donate uh, you you don't want to go to chain stores and you don't want to go to these big <laughs> conglomerates right up front you want to try to hit mom and pops who are mid-sized businesses who run their own business and make their own decisions there at the store. And you want to believe in what you're doing. Number one is if you call somebody and say, can I speak to the manager, please? <laughs> They're not going to be very responsive to you. And if you say, this is Bill with the Consumer Advocacy Project over here on 4th, they're not going to be very excited to hear your voice. You, you, you've got to be excited about what you're doing. And, and you've got, got to be assertive. Yes, and it's got to generate, that excitement has to generate through the telephone. Right. <clears throat> and uh, you have to have a worthy cause. It has to be something for animals or to help children. I mean, it really does help to have specific causes uh, to help the handicapped, uh, to help the veterans. Uh, all of those things are really hot. And some things are not hot. Right. Um, I'm going for the community action team. If I went for alternative public radio, it probably wouldn't work as well, even though we can trade some advertising. Right. It's going to work much better with me having the Lane County Consumer Action Team Mobile Information Unit. We're going out there, and we're going to approach the public, and your name is going to be on the banner as a sponsor. We're going to see 900 to 1,000, 1,500 people a day. Well, they're, see, they're starting to see dollar signs. You know, you have to explain how what how is it going to benefit this person? Thank God, because I was just going about to get to that. Yes. What is the benefit for them? And how does it help their uh, bottom line? Right. Yes. Yes. And do yes. you tend do you tend to offer them free advertising on, you know, as as sponsorships or oh, whatever? Yeah, hell, okay. we do. Oh my exactly. God, That's the way to do it. I like, for example, the air. I put them in our pages. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, for example. You get someone to do the banner printing or your printing of your flyers or the printing of your business cards, 
and they put their logos on the pages, the banners, or the back of your business card, that's free advertising for them. Of course. Of course. And they know that our people have money. They know that we're going to be out there with consumers who have cash to spend. And so they're probably going to bite pretty hard. You know, and with it being spring and summer, we're hitting them at the right time. Although normally it's better, I will say, normally it's better to, Tom knows more about budget than I do, but to find out when their budget, you know, find out when their budgetary stuff is going on. In the yeah, winter. whether it's a calendar year or physical year. Yeah. Those are important. And let me explain the difference to that. Calendar year would be January to December. A physical year revolves around June through May, mm-hmm. and it's it's based on budgets because a lot of agencies, especially state agencies or agencies that receive funding from the government, receive their funding based on a physical calendar budget. And basically what that means is if you hit them before June 1st, they're trying to spend money because when they do their budgets and um, grant proposals, if they haven't spent the money that they've been granted this year, that amount of money is taken away from their budget next year. Right. So right. if you hit them before June 1st, these people are trying to spend money that they've got in their pockets mm-hmm. and don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't spend the money, it's going to be taken away from them in the next budget. Right. Depending on who you're dealing with, yeah. Exactly. And, and uh, another uh, – what was I going to say? Another key thing here. Um, keep keep your voice excited. That's one thing you have to believe in what you're doing, folks. I'm telling you right Thank now you. that that really generates interest is your voice. You know, right. And if you because can't do it, get someone that can. Get someone that's perky. Exactly. I mean, like for example, when I called the undersecretary's office yesterday, I said, I, I got the lady's name. You always you always want to have that personal touch. You want to find out who you're talking to because you want to write that in your notes. You want to write the date that you spoke to them because at some point down the road, they're going to forget that they talked to you. And mm-hmm. when you call them back, you can mm-hmm. say, I spoke to so-and-so on such-and-such date, and it clicks. They mm-hmm. know that you've taken notes. They know that you're on top of the ball, okay? But at the same time, it creates a rapport. But you tell them your name, and then you throw in your title, and immediately their ears perk up. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you're not just some Joe Blow off the street that happened upon their phone number. Okay, right. You actually know what in the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whether you do or not, you've created the impression that you do. Of okay? course. And that's all that matters. Perception is reality when it comes mm-hmm. to politics and bureaucracy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if these people perceive that you are not just some Joe Blow, but you are a committed and dedicated and it, responsible intelligent. intelligent yes and responsible person who may very well have backing that they know nothing about mm-hmm. it's going to encourage them to take you seriously mm-hmm. because the last thing they want to do is piss off a bunch of people mm-hmm. especially power brokers okay and if you're calling on behalf of the elderly or if you're calling on behalf of the disabled or veterans are a large voting block of people, that carries a great deal of weight because these people's jobs depend on that. Mm-hmm. And the last thing they want is for the press to get a hold of the fact that they screwed up with a large group of voters. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's how the was, system works. I know what I was going to say, and this has okay. worked for me uh, before, is to – Never get discouraged when you are get when you get turned down. Do not go, oh my God, we're lost. You know, never get discouraged. Always get their name, always get their number, and always make a note for next year because next year will come around. And if you're a good steward and if you still have your organization going, you're going to be looking for numbers to call next year, and they will put you in their budget next year if you communicate exactly. with them. Uh, during that time by email, just dropping them an email every once in a while, say, don't forget us. You know, We're still here, and we're still going strong, and we would love to be in your next year's budget. That works really well. Oh, it does. And what you have to remember with a lot of these organizations is what, when they do their budgets, they tend to refresh their 
um, out, their outlays mm-hmm. because they don't like to continue to do the same thing every year. That's right. It it it, it creates um, stigma uh, with them. It's it's well, it creates a stigma and it creates a staleness uh-huh. that uh-huh. doesn't appeal to the people they get their money from. Mm-hmm. If they see that they're constantly generating new sources of uh, attention, of publicity, of uh, and also show partisan, partisanism or favoritism. Exactly, and they don't want that. Right. So right. they tend they tend to generate new ideas, and they if you keep at them, they will eventually get to you. And I have to point to, I, I love this story. Any everybody who's seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, okay, mm-hmm. and they see the guy. Tim, um, um, oh, what's his name? Tim, um, I can't remember his name, the tall actor that plays the lead character in Shawshank Mm -hmm. Redemption. Mm -hmm. He wrote a letter every week to the state legislature to get them to appropriate money for his library. Well, they got so tired after seven years of him writing that they finally said, we're going to give him money to shut him up. (laughs) Okay? It's yeah. that kind of persistence. It's that kind of determination. People get tired of you nagging them. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they will give you the money to shut you up. Mm-hmm. And then what did he do? He started writing two letters a week until they put it in a permanent appropriation in the budget, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't mm-hmm. have to worry about him anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the way the system works, people. You that can't is. give up. You have to be determined, and you can't let up because as soon as you let up, you get forgotten. And I will say that there are a lot of reasons why one might want to give up, and you have to when you're in at least our business and our advocacy level at our ad- advocacy activist level that we are at. I would consider us veterans in the business. Thank uh, you. you have to really be hard-nosed because you're going to get turned down a lot. I've got foundation letters I can show you that are stacked <laughs> up. Rejecting us from projects, so you're going to get turned yeah, rejection down. Rejection letters. Lot. Rejection letters are the norm, not the exception. Okay? Right, right, right. And and you have to not rely on your board. You have to really keep your board. If you have a board, you have to really keep your board pumped up and and cheerlead your board because they get lazy and they have lives of their own and they always right. don't like to be on subcommittees and volunteer for things and they'll try every way in the world to get out of a get, subcommittee. Get out of it, exactly, yes. <laughs> so, you know, if you, you let know, anybody... You know, yeah, there's, there's, the, there's the age-old story about the person who didn't attend this week's meeting mm-hmm. and when they showed up at the next meeting, they suddenly realized that they were appointed to a committee. Why? Because they weren't at the last one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, Tyler's been there. He knows that. Yeah, yeah, been there just recently, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I uh, go ahead, Tom. No, I was just going to say that what, all we're trying to say here, folks, is that the system is corrupt. It's bureaucratic. It's overburdened. It's underpaid. It's understaffed. Okay, and that's just the nature of. It's called the iron law of bureaucracy. Okay. It's just the way bureaucracies are and always have been and always will be. The difference is that when you get into the process and you, you find your footing and you are determined at what you're doing and you don't give up, you can obtain results. Now, anybody who's ever called a government hotline or a government agency – and you have to sit there and listen through all of these automated phone systems. Push one for this, push two for this. <laughs> if, you're, if you're this category, push three. And you know if this is Wednesday at 12 o'clock on um, February 29th, push four. I mean, mm-hmm. this kind of crap. Mm-hmm. The system is designed. It's what we call gatekeeper systems. Okay, mm-hmm. it is designed to discourage you. Sure. And when you go into it knowing that, you have a reaffirmation that they're not going to get the best of you. They are not going to knock you down with all of this crap that is designed to discourage you mm-hmm. because it's designed to discourage people who give up too easily. That's the whole system. And let me tell you, um, my first call 
after speaking with my friend, was to call his supplier, then to call his congressman, and then I didn't waste time with the bureaucracy. Now, I didn't go all the way to the secretary's office. I could have done that. But I went with the person I knew mm-hmm. handles the day-to-day BS of red tape, mm-hmm. his underling. Okay, They're the ones who actually do the work. The secretary has the title, and they do the photo ops and all this other crap. Mm-hmm. But it's their underlings that actually handle the day-to-day work, mm-hmm. and that's what you have to know. And when you make contacts with their assistants, their assistants are the ones who handle the letterheads. They're the ones who send out the stationery. They're the ones who handle the phone calls. And you build a rapport with these people, and they won't forget you when you call back after this is all taken care of and you say, I just wanted to call and say thank you. Yes, of course. They, of remember, course. Let me, they remember that. Yeah, it's so important. It's so important. It's so important to really – Call back those secretaries that you first talked to, even the ones who are making $9 an hour. It's so important because they're – guess what? And this has happened to me over and over again. They're going to get promoted, okay? They're going to get promoted. And when they get promoted, guess who knows them? You do. And you know what? It's always important not only to call and say thank you, but to send an email – Mm-hmm. Or to call up their supervisor, or a card. You could hell. You could send a, a personal card, card. and yeah. send, and tell their supervisor what a wonderful job they did, because that goes in their personnel file, mm-hmm. and it helps build up their reputation for future promotions. I make sure that it goes in their personnel file by asking, demanding that it go in. Their exactly. Personnel. There you go. I want to make sure this goes in this person's personnel file mm-hmm. because I know at some point they're going to be reviewed. And mm-hmm. they need to you, – you and her superiors need to know that this individual did an excellent job. And that kind of input is something that is invaluable to bureaucracies and, because most of the time they get calls of complaints. It's rare that they get compliments. Oh, yes, and we've been told that just recently within the last four months also. Very seldom that they get compliments. Uh, and we give a lot of compliments. We call people when something is good. We call somebody, and when something is bad, we call. You better look out. We call somebody. <laughs> there you go. But uh, you know, the, I wanted to also mention that most of these uh, chief executive officers, their secretaries are just equal to them in many ways. They do all of yep. the legwork. They do all of the commanding. They command the staff. Even many of these CEO secret- executive secretaries. Have power, baby. I mean, power to shut the floor down. Now, everybody has seen so, the movies. Everybody has seen movies where the you know the executive person is walking around, and they're at a cocktail party or they're at a fundraiser or whatever, and it's the person behind them that walks up behind them and tells them who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is Mary Jo, mm-hmm. and her husband is such and such, and they donated this much. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the executive doesn't ever remember that crap. Right. It's the power behind the throne that keeps them there, okay? Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones who deal with these people on a daily basis. So, and I'll tell, I'll tell this brief story, and I, I'm sure people have heard me say this before. I learned this a long time ago when I was in high school. I, um, my parents decided that my mom had a victory garden. And she was real thrilled about it until she discovered that cucumbers can overtake your garden. Okay, So we ended up pickling cucumbers, and we had three years of pickles. Okay, <laughs> Well, mom decided that was too much work, so she told me – she said, I know the only thing that you like to grow are roses, so can you plant some roses in the garden? I said, sure. Make a long story short, when mom and dad moved out of that house – I had 57 rose bushes around the house that added $4,000 value to the house. Wow. But, okay, now here's the deal. When I was a junior in high school, I was just finding, I was just blossoming as a person. The next year, I would run for student body president and win in the school's only landslide election. It was the only time their student body president had won without a runoff. Mm-hmm. Now, the year before that, when my roses were in full bloom, I would cut the roses and take them into school 
and give them to the secretaries. Mm. My senior year, when I was student body president, I could have shot the principal dead in the hallway, and the secretaries <laughs> would have covered my butt. Okay? It's those little personal touches that people remember, especially yeah. the hardworking people that actually get things done. Mm-hmm. When you offer that personal touch, you send them a thank you note, or you just call them up and say, I wanted to say thank you. Or you ask, you, you just discreetly find out when their birthdays are, and somewhere down the road, they get a mysterious card in the mail that says, I just wanted to let you know I was thinking of you on this important day. Boy, you right. have no idea mm-hmm. the power that that has over the actual people who get things done. Mm-hmm. It's that personal touch that leaves a lasting impression that will serve you well in whatever endeavor you achieve. I'll get some okay. I'll get some nasty emails, but I don't care. I was talking to several musicians who come out of Nashville and the Grand Ole Opry and who are going to all these big award ceremonies and backstage parties and everything right. and they do not know how to do public relations. They they just do not no, that's why they hire how people. to right, do yeah. public relations. And they're walking around with Mickey Gilley and they're walking around <laughs> with George Strait and they don't even they don't even get their numbers. They're afraid to approach them. Now, this has just recently happened, by the way, to some okay. folks. And I, I, I told them, I said, you know, get numbers. You know, find a way to get over there to that group. Find a way to get into that group and start talking to that group and just casually don't bug them, but casually start up a conversation and eventually say, oh, by the way, George Strait, do you have a card or can you write your number on this napkin? Or you know, because you're a star too. You're a semi-star. They're a big star, and they're going to talk to you because you're at the party and you've been invited, and you're a singer, a guitar player, whatever. So it's not going to be like a strange stalker coming up from on the street at Seven Eleven asking George Strait for his number. Right. But but they don't do it though. They don't do it. They don't do it. They don't get anybody. They don't get anybody's number. Yeah. And by God, I'm not intimidated. Let me oh, tell gosh, you. No. <laughs> How do you think I got backstage with so many stars in my lifetime? I'm not even going to mention the stars I've been backstage with. And it, believe me, it wasn't being timid that got me back there. Thank you. When I was in Australia, I was in a, a foreign exchange student. I have not eaten an Australian. And I walked up to, to the then Prime Minister, Bob Hawke, at a political cocktail party. He's standing there with a stogie in one hand, his brandy sifter in the other, and wow. I walked up, introduced myself, and for 15 minutes held a conversation with the head of the Australian government. Wow. Now, you know what? Uh, months later, when I got back to the States um, and I saw that uh, he was retiring, I had a contact in Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. that hand-rolled Cuban seed cigars. Oh, yeah. And they laminate on the uh, cellophane that they seal each cigar in mm-hmm. with a person's name as a mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. So I had a box ordered with his name laminated on them and the initials uh, AUSPM. Wow. And sent them to him. And let Powerful. me tell you. Exactly. It's little things like that that people appreciate. Yeah. And, you know… You can't be intimidated by someone's title or position. No. Let's face, folks, let's face it. They were just like you were before they got where they are. I've been on the House floor with Lloyd Benson. I mean, Oh, you know, God. There and, you go. There's a and, powerful name. And not even, not even thought any big deal about talking out in the hall with him and a bunch of other aides and different people. I mean, it's just no big deal. No big deal. People, I don't know what it is about people that – Cows them down. Well, now, now look, let, let's also be realistic, okay? These are also individuals that are constantly being sycophants, constantly are trying to butter them up, grease them up, and get something out of them, okay? I understand that. And you have to walk a thin line. You have to know how to approach them and not make them feel like you've got your hand out, Okay. Because they're expecting that. Well, I always have somewhat of a novel, uh, novel. Uh, uh, let me, let me. Icebreaker. A novel icebreaker. Oh well, something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, I'm always watching. I'm always watching. I'm always observing. I'm always listening to see who else is 
uh, trying to vulture this person, or you know, are they being <laughs> swarmed? Good word. Good word. Are they yeah. being swarmed? You know, that night or whatever. And hopefully they're not being swarmed, and hopefully I'll be able to get a contact that can introduce me to them. That's a better way to do it: is have someone introduce you to them, which has happened to me many, many times. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but you know, this is what you and I are talking about tonight. Let me let me mute just a second. Go ahead and say something. Uh, well, I can tell you, I was in New Orleans at the Republican National Convention in 1988 and happened to be walking through the French Quarter. And lo and behold, I'm not going to mention the man's name, but a big-time movie star was sitting in um, Pat O'Brien's in the um, patio section. And he was sitting there with two individuals. Now, when you observe and notice that one individual was a beautiful young woman sitting with him across from him on the table and sitting very next to the table was this extremely well-built gorilla that was obviously his bodyguard okay now when you learn how to maneuver and meander through the swamps and the um, minefields of social interaction you learn to notice these things as I approached the table, I did it very cautiously, very graciously. I walked up, and of course, the gorilla bodyguard proceeds to stand up. And I, all I did was I walked up, I reached out my hand, I, sh- I said, I just wanted to say it's an honor to meet you, and I just wanted to shake your hand and say thank you for the good work you do. And he shook my hand, and I walked on. Mm-hmm. That was all I did. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That impresses them because you weren't there to, as you say, um, scavenger them, right. or you know, vulture them. I love right. that term. I have to pick that. I, I'm going to coin that from now on. Yeah, because they're looking for that. That's mm-hmm. why they've got the bodyguards. Mm-hmm. And these are ev- these, these are people that want to. If you ever talk to a major celebrity, and you ask them, and you had the opportunity to sit in a quiet, off the record conversation, they'll be the first to tell you, "I wished I could just go out and." have a normal night mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. wasn't swamped or I wasn't being chased by Pavarazzi or yeah. fans, fans that, you know, just <clears throat> hooped and hollered and bowed at their feet and all this other stuff. They just want to be treated like normal people, okay? Mm-hmm. Because they miss that. They've become celebrities and they miss that. Mm-hmm. And rich people are no different in that respect. Powerful people are no different in that respect. And if you treat them with respect, and as Kyler has said, you're, you're assertive but not uh, aggravating or right. uh, uh, annoying. Mm-hmm. They a pest. Respect. You don't want to be a pest. No, you don't want to be a pest. Exactly. That's, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. But you, they, they remember that, and they appreciate your graciousness. Okay? They don't want you to be you know, uh, mouth-drooling um, Bumbling buffoons. No. They uh, hate that. Yeah, they make fun of that. They make fun oh, of they that. Well, they do. In private circles, they make fun yeah, of it. They, they tell stories it. about it at cocktail parties. Right. So and so. Let me tell you about this buffoon that came up to me at such and such, okay? Yeah. They remember that as well, trust me. But if you can create that momentary um, memory that yeah. they remember and mm-hmm. respect you for, it can go mountains and mountains high and low for you that you will never forget. With, it, with, with me, I like to use anchors, too. Um, if you can use a quick anchor, like uh, I'm a paramedic. Okay. Or, um, oh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a rodeo clown, uh, okay, if, if you were a rodeo clown in your past life. Um, I'm the rodeo clown you met. Oh, the rodeo clown, yes. I remember that, yes. Uh, the paramedic, oh, yes, the paramedic. So, you know, yeah, if you could do an anchor with someone, and even if you just get to see them briefly and they shake your hand, if you can do an anchor at that point, they'll remember you on the phone and they'll answer it if you call a month later. Oh, exactly. I mean, you could say, oh, it's yeah. the paramedic on the phone, Joe. Oh, the yeah. paramedic. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. So they, that anchors work. Anchors. Work. Well, anch- anchors do work, and I and I and I and I don't throw this out as what you know. And I hate to tell my secrets, by the way. I was well, same here, but I mean, for example, 
um, one of my anchors is, and I and I don't use it as the disabled card, okay? But people tend to remember me because they remembered the guy in the wheelchair. Yes, okay? of course. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to offend you earlier. No, 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 no. And I use that. I will call someone up and I'll say, oh, by the way, I, 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 you meet so many people. I'm sure you don't remember, but I'm the young man that approached that, that spoke with you. I'm in the bright colored wheelchair, mm-hmm. and we chatted briefly about such and such. No, they remember that. Too. They remember yeah. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, uh, years ago, I was working with a disability group that had approached a local congresswoman. She has been in Congress for 40 years. Okay. Wow. Won't mention any names, mm-hmm. um, but they had approached her. They arranged for a meeting with her. Basically, she agreed to the meeting because she wanted to let them know how she felt about them. Mm-hmm. They had threatened her with public um, uh, humiliating action before the press and the voters. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to meet with them so she could tell, give them a piece of her mind. Mm-hmm. Now, they had asked me to come along because they knew of my experience in politics. Mm -hmm. And all of these other individuals were very dedicated. They were very energetic for their cause. And all of this had to do with getting accessibility for wheelchairs on Greyhound buses. I see. And they were petitioning. They had petitioned outside her offices, and they finally got a meeting with her. So I'm sitting here very quietly. They've you know, done the introductions, and then the uh, spokesperson for the group, there were about, uh, I guess, seven or eight of us, and I sat quietly. Okay, The spokesperson gave his spiel, and then you could have hit, heard a pin drop. Okay, They were mm-hmm. waiting for her response. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a congresswoman who does not beat around the bush. She does not play politically correct. Mm -hmm. She tells you exactly what she's thinking and how she feels. Mm -hmm. And she laid into them like a hot knife through butter Mm -hmm. and told them that this was exact. She was she was pissed off. She was angry. And the only reason she was meeting with them was not to give them an ounce of um, uh, uh, of what they wanted, but to have the opportunity to meet face-to-face and put them in their place mm-hmm. okay? because of what they had done. And I'm sitting here listening to all of this, and I raise my hand, and I say, excuse me. And I make a long story short, over the next 15 minutes, was able to bridge the gap between these two parties. And before we left that afternoon, they were shaking hands and agreed to meet again so mm-hmm. that they could discuss common ground of course of course now before i left that office the congresswoman came up to me and she said what is your name and i told her and she said this is my chief of staff please uh, relay to him your resume and your information because if we have an opening in the future i think you'd make a great asset to my staff wonderful You you came into this meeting you calmed things down and you were able to negotiate and bridge the gap between us where there was no common ground before. Mm-hmm. And she said, that's the way to get things done. And mm-hmm. you impressed me. That's impressive. And that's the way you get things done. It's mm-hmm. not by beating people over the head unless they need to be beat over the head. Right. Okay? But you've got to find common ground to get things done. And that's one of the things that's wrong with this country today. And anybody who's read any of my recent articles, and I was just telling Kyla this earlier today, I was invited by, I, you know, I, I, I hate to, you know, toot my own horn, but sometimes if you don't toot it, no one else will. So um, I was invited by a internet um, uh, magazine called uh, Regional Politics. It is an international magazine that reviews and discusses the political trends in various regions around the world. And I told them who I was, what my campaign, I'm running for president, blah, 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 and asked them if they would be willing to let me submit an article. They immediately responded back and said, oh, we would love for you to write an article. However, we want you to be aware that this is not an American political magazine. 
our magazine tries to inform and educate people about the politics that are going on in each region. So can you please write us a 1,500-word article, submit your, your bio and your picture, and tell us about the American political elect, the presidential election going on right now mm-hmm. with the emphasis of how the American system works, mm-hmm. its problems, its promises, and the good things, the bad things, mm-hmm. so that people who do not live in America have a better idea of what's going on because what they hear in their press may not be actually what's going on. And we would appreciate an inside perspective. And I said, I'd love to. So that's what I've been doing. And they are eager to get it. They can't wait. Uh, They keep pressing me every day. When are we getting your article? When are we getting your article? So, you know, and this is the kind of thing. Tyler and I are just basically saying to you, you have to reach out to people. If you don't ask, you won't ever know. Right. Okay. And, right. you know, if you get told no, so what? You go on to the next person and ask them. I mean, that's the way it works. There's a million people out there to talk to, literally. Thank you. And there are millions of people who are looking for someone to help point them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that's what Kyler and I do on this show, and Kyler and his staff do on all of their shows on a daily basis. We're just basically trying to inform and educate people that, you know what, you are your best spokesperson. You mm-hmm. are your best advocate. And you also can, if you're not careful, can be your own worst enemy, your own worst critic. Mm-hmm. And anybody that has an A-type personality will be the first to tell you I'm my worst, I'm my own worst critic. I will be the first to cut myself down. But that's a good thing because that means you have integrity. That means you have humility, and it means that you are willing to look at yourself with a critical eye and not just um, through rose-colored glasses. We're also up to our neck in so much fraud here in the United States with this criminal cabal, uh, this criminal organization we call the U.S. government, that uh, <laughs> it's, very, it's very difficult to do anything uh, normal uh, or legitimate. Or Thank you balanced uh when you're dealing with so much fraud and you're dealing with so much corruption it's very very difficult to make any sense out of it all or to make headway right in any kind of logical logistical reasonable <laughs> sensible way there is there is no logic okay it doesn't work uh, you have to be somewhat twisted to play the game to be in the <laughs> yes. game to get near the game to you know to do anything in the game uh, unless you're working at just a purely local, small level, uh, you have to be somewhat twisted. You have to be intelligent. You have to be on guard. You have to be aware, alert, and awake in order to mix with the system in any in any in any, any positive way. Well, and you have to also assume, folks, from the get-go, that the person you're dealing with has their own personal agenda. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you can't, and everybody standing next to you has their own personal agenda. Exactly, everybody, everybody does. Behind you. I mean, Plato wrote, "Man is a political animal." Okay, and it's true. We all have our own special interests. We all have our special way, our, our special um, uh, things that we're out to get for ourselves. Okay, mm-hmm. but you have to assume that the individual you're dealing with is also the same way. And you have to convince them that your ideas and theirs can be mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Very powerfully said. Very well said. Very well said. Um, I don't know what else to talk about, Kyler. Well, we were just. I was just. It's, just, it's amazing what we're talking about already. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, We've it's, covered a lot tonight, you know, because it's. We've, we've really demonstrated to people that the system can work, and you you know you you have to be able to meander and maneuver through it. And common everyday people like you and I, just because we 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 know the nooks and the crannies of how to slither in, and you know mm-hmm. you know I I wrote this years ago in my first book. Who you know gets you in the door. What you know keeps you there. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that is the truth. Okay, mm-hmm. 
And it's like Tyler said, when you're trying to meet someone, an introduction goes a long way because mm-hmm. these are people that they trust already. Right. Right. And it really doesn't matter of your background. It really doesn't no. matter how many how many murders you've committed or you know, it really doesn't matter. As long as you've got a good contact, a good solid contact that trusts you and knows you in the now and you've got something to offer, you're gonna be accepted. You're gonna be accepted. Yeah. Uh because they've got just as much dirty underwear on as you do. <laughs> Remember Thank that, you. folks. That's just the way it works. I mean, how many times have we seen movies or read books about scam artists that have made their way into these elite circles because they name-dropped mm-hmm. or because they had the right credentials mm-hmm. or because they said the right things, and people accepted them as one of their own? Of course. Of you course. Know? Look at our government now. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Okay. There's a point. You point. You know, hit that nail right on the head. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you want to take us out early, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to because the rain's getting pretty heavy here. Oh, it's, already... it's banging down here too. Tell me about the weather there. What's going on with the? Did you find uh, out anything about? It's it. It was nice and sunny today, and it's pouring now. And I think I hear hail hitting against the window. And we wow. had tornado sirens earlier, so. I want to I want to close off my computer and get out of so I don't you know my system doesn't crash or anything. Well, but so. you do if the tornado came over the house, fly fly under the bed or just turn the window. Oh no no we we we, we have we have a small guest bathroom in the center of the house. Oh and cool. Lester and I have have already practiced this drill. We've done it once or twice before, and basically um, rolls my wheelchair as close to the bathroom as we can. He picks me up, sets me on the toilet, covers me with blankets and pillows, and we move as many of the pets in there as we can. Wow! And close the door. Wow! Sir so we, we we have our emergency preparation already set, and we have those powerful uh, LED uh, lanterns that you can order online mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in case the power goes out. We have packages of batteries. Cool. We have. We have um, bottled water in the refrigerator. Um, so, I mean, you know. I'm just thing- glad that we don't see any of that up here. Never see it. Oh, tornado. tornadoes and stuff? Never. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're, you know, I, I used to laugh at my stepfather. He, after um, he and my um, mom divorced, um, and then he married his second wife, he moved to Missouri and then bought a mobile home and stuck it on a hilltop outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, no, 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 and I no, called no. my dad, and I said, Dad, you're really tempting fate. Why don't you just put a bullseye on top of your mobile home? Okay? Yeah, really. And, you know, so um, my, my point is, you know, you have to be prepared for these things. And we don't get as many tornadoes here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area as other parts of the state. Our topography is such that the storms roll in from the west, and they tend to split and go on either side of us. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. basically the topography of the ground that mm-hmm. causes that to happen. But every once in a while, we do get them. And we're very fortunate that our our tornado sirens do go off in time for us to be prepared. It's not like the tornado siren goes off, and then all of a sudden, 30 seconds later, the tornado hits, okay? Yeah. They do give, a, they do give us plenty of warning. You're and sitting out there in dinosaur country right next to a volcano. A lot of people don't even know that you're sitting right next to a volcano in dinosaur country, but who knows about history? Well, this is true, and most people don't realize that the Mississippi River was formed by an earthquake uh, yeah. in the Missouri um, meridian fault line. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody's been talking about fracking or not fracking, and, you know, there's a whole bunch of scientific evidence that points to the fact that depending on what gases they pump into the ground can cause fault lines to uh, re-energize and reoccur. Right. And there have been more tremors, uh, seismic tremors in Oklahoma and Texas in the right. last 10 years than they've had in 150 years. That's now, very that true. has to do with fracking, okay? Yes, so, it does. But, you know, I'll be the first to admit that we get some royalties from fracking that is less than a mile up the street from us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but, you know, you, you do what you can. You do yes. what you have to. 
Tyler, I want to thank you for an awesome show tonight. I hope people listening tonight learned something. They didn't get bored and run off. But folks, Tyler and I are here to tell you, you can make a difference one person, one day at a time, and change the world. Yeah, we love y'all. We love y'all. Tyler, give your usual usual sound off, my friend, that you do. Whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, and enthusiastically, and I mean enthusiastically act upon, will come to pass. We'll see y'all. Amen. Thank you. Good night. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.